The Ken Pittman Show, 1420 WBSM, New Bedford. Yeah, Brian, uh, in the last hour, brought up this uh, kooky woman running for office. Uh, She wants to be part of the Mass GOP. And the Mass GOP is asking people to stay the hell away from her. (laughs) Uh, Lori Kaufman, a Boston resident running for GOP state committee woman in the 1st Suffolk District, uh, has expressed anti-Semitic views and support for Adolf Hitler. I don't know if anybody broke the news to her, but he's not going to be coming back uh, anytime soon. Kaufman expressed support for exiling all Jews from the United States this past weekend. She said, don't forget, I'll likely get voted into office on March 5th. She posted on the social media site, formerly known as Twitter, now known as X, saying long-term goals are to ban same-sex marriage, Never should have been legalized, she said. And trans will be illegal. Yes, illegal. I will also exile all Jews. So her landing in Massachusetts is really um, not probably the best place to launch a campaign like that. I mean, that's that's a a platform I wouldn't advise in Massachusetts anyway. Um, She also publicly praised Adolf Hitler Tuesday, saying, yeah, Hitler was based. Oh, I didn't know that. He was based. She posted on social media site formerly known as Twitter. Now it's just known as X. I have to keep saying that, right? Too bad the Jews lied to you about the entire narrative of World War II. Why don't you look into it? Ah, she's got it figured out. One of those. Based in this context, in this context is a slang term, a word used when you agree with something or when you want to recognize someone for being themselves. Uh, December 15th, upon learning of Laurie Kaufman's emergence, the Republican State Committee took immediate and decisive action by unanimously passing a resolution condemning Ms. Kaufman's statements and urging her not to run for state committee. Where is she from? Anybody know the origins of this person? Kaufman is um, usually... Germanic, Swiss or Germanic, and um, a lot of Amish and Mennonites, uh, Kaufman. I, I, I got that far, but that, I couldn't really nail it down. What's Is she even from here? Yeah, the Lyndon LaRouche Democrats uh, used to show up on a regular basis. You know, Barney Frank had his health care forum at the Dartmouth 
Council on Aging, uh, they showed up with a, a desk out front. And they had a big poster of Adolf Hitler. And then they were at the post office on Orchard Street, and they were everywhere. Um, I, I think I suspect she's kind of like one of these people, but she's running against Elizabeth Hens Ferrick, an immigrant from Guyana, who currently serves as the assistant director at the State Department of Transitional Assistance, according to Universal Hub. Mass GOP, huh? I'm not buying it. I think she's a plant. You don't run on that platform. And in Boston, <laughs> that's your platform? Uh, you're basically asking everybody who you're going to victimize. <laughs> that's like 90% of her constituency. <laughs> uh, Brian brought up a great topic earlier um, that spilled over to my show about the amount of students in the public schools that are basically leaving going to charter schools or homeschooled by parents who can now work from home. That's, that's an increasing demographic. But 298, New Bedford leads the state of Massachusetts. Which comes to about $6 million in costs that won't be there because they're gone. They're not in those classrooms. $6 million. So be, once the state does the formula, they're going to send less money down here. The Bedford Light wrote an article about it, which Brian brought into the studio. And uh, it was a good conversation before I was even on the air about it. Outpacing even Boston. Boston has fewer kids in this demographics. 273, New Bedford's got 298 with about a seventh of the population. In the article... Um, Rachel Madero's, one of the founders of the Elements of Learning Collaborative, Dartmouth Homeschooling Drop-Off Program, said a lot of families are choosing homeschooling because they're aligned more liberally and they want children to get a diverse experience. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of conservatives that she's overlooking that don't like some of the irrational, unnecessary programs that kids are forced into. I mean, you send your kids to school, you think they're going to learn to read, write, do their math, know some history. And then everything else has a secondary importance. But as we go forward, we have all these incredibly disproportionate priorities, right? I mean, they're spending how much time a year now on finding ways not to offend You get in trouble if you don't believe something or you, don't, you state you don't believe something that's not true. It's a crazy time. Tuesday, we vote. And because it's Massachusetts, I don't know how it's going to go. I, I think there's going to be a lot of uncommitted votes on both sides. I really don't know what to expect um, other than the Democrats will have more votes than the Republicans. Right. That's, that's just the way it's going to go. But Trump, uh, it'd be interesting to see what Trump numbers are compared to uh, 2016. And 20. Biden will probably get similar 
similar counts. I, I don't know. Uh, I, if anything, it'd be smaller. But they don't. It doesn't matter what happens. They don't really stray from the Democratic members in this on, on the ballot here in Massachusetts. You don't. There's really not much you can do to not get the vote. So, I just think it's going to be very similar to what we saw in 2020. But Massachusetts, nobody even invests money in political ads here because it's just already a foregone conclusion. Democrats going to win. Biden's going to win Massachusetts. It's not in question. If you happen to see political ads for either Biden, Nikki Haley, uh, Donald Trump, it's because you're watching a TV station that covers New Hampshire. I don't know how often you get out of New England, but if you if you are outside of New England during election season, you are inundated with ads for a very long period. Like in states like Virginia, North Carolina, Ohio, Michigan, I mean, you, that's all you get. And for month after month, it's tiring. Big development uh, during the week. I talked about it earlier. Uh, Joe Biden's brother Jim was talking uh, to a House committee under subpoena, under oath, admitted that Joe Biden received $40,000 from China as vice president after Joe Biden for years has been telling us not a dime. And a couple of diehard Democrats are messaging me or on private text or on social media. Oh, it's $40,000, Ken. That's that's just the crack in the dam. But it was there was no crack there before this, right? We had complete denying of any of this. And now you look at University of um, Pennsylvania where Joe Biden was given a position where he never taught, never went a million dollars a year. And right after that school opened, $54 million came in from China. And in Joe Biden's school, nine members on our national security team, including Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, were on the payroll. Very concerning. Never mind Ukraine. But influence peddling, um, to me, my just as an, an investigator, kind of helps to understand why they were so inexplicably like upset and sick collectively when Donald Trump won. We had a, an NBC producer email everybody that Hillary Clinton stormed off of the set and said... If he wins, we're all going to blanking jail. And she got a lot of grief for that, uh, at least, for sharing that that moment. Why would she say that? I mean, this is a woman who destroyed material that Congress subpoenaed to not touch, don't destroy it, leave it. And she literally took a hammer to her hard drive, deleted tens of thousands of emails, 
that were on a service she was not supposed to be using because it wasn't secured by the government and was likely hacked by Russian agents and foreign agents like China. And she had no reason to fear anything. And she walked them, she laughed at them. What are you going to do about it? And she was right. And you had James Comey, the FBI director, who now retired, saying, you know, in retrospect, I really should have pressed charges. That's comforting. What an even scale we have. Donald Trump's foot touches the paint on the walkway and he's jaywalking. On the, on the crosswalk, I should say. You know, it's, they, they looked for things after he got into office. I mean, uh, Nancy Pelosi said we're going to impeach him before he was even inaugurated. They should know what they were going to do or how they were going to get him. And don't forget this. The day Donald Trump told the press, you know, you're always trying to get me and you always come up with nothing. Why don't you ever go after, like, look at President Obama's book deal, for example. That was terrible. You don't do anything about that. The next day, his phone call to Zelensky intercepted, brought to Adam Schiff, impeachment proceedings started. Sorry, I, I'm just saying it's, that's not a coincidence in my mind. Thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Ken, how you doing? Good, how are you? Yeah, well, America has been, American leadership in Washington has pretty much been a giant grift for a long time, probably more so after Bush won, um, for different reasons. You know, um, Clinton, obviously, uh, Bush, Bush too, when he got in, um, the first thing we did was go after, you know, create a lie about, you know, WMDs and then go after Iraq. Uh, and then the vice president was running the country to some extent because he was trying to destroy, you know, it was, uh, they were tr trying to destroy Iraq, but at the same time rebuild it so they could get all of their companies connected up. So this, this country has been in one giant grift after another, but the difference is, is that, you know, the grifts were internalized. They weren't external. Uh, I think that the first one that was externalized was, was really, um, Joe Biden. And I think he was warned and his, and Obama's team was really concerned about what he was doing because he was compromised, you know, he was taking money in a compromised situation. He might have not had a gun to his head, but he was looking the other way, which is just as bad. That, I guess that's the way I see, you know, see the president is that someone that took money, used his son to take money, um, but, and he, no moral compass at all. Well, you also, also had Hunter Biden finally admit that the big guy was Joe Biden. They were denying that well, and it, in the emails. And his brother admitted that he got 40000 from the uh, from the CPC. Under oath. So, yeah, under oath. So now you got two direct responses, you know, and again, I, and then you think, I just think about the morality. You have kids, I have kids. If my kid was in trouble, I would be all over, all over it to help him out. His kid was in trouble, and his kid goes and dates, starts dating his dead son's wife, divorces his family with his kids, um, then ends up dumping his uh, his brother's wife to go after you know another person. No, he was cheating. And he was cheating time, on his he was cheating on his widow sister in law with a stripper that he impregnated. Exactly, and then and and you know these are all you know personal moral issues. But in the meantime, you know Biden has still got the you know put you know pushing to get the money and pushing to get these these relationships and you know uh, it, it's a really disgusting thing, but. You, you know, Not to interrupt you, but you know what really stood out for me when Hunter Biden got kicked out 
of the U.S. Navy, the vice president's son, kicked out of the U.S. Navy for crack cocaine addiction. And, and you can yeah, just you imagine. Know had, you know, he was brought up twice on that. It was the second yeah. time that he got kicked out. I was going to say, you can imagine how much they tolerated before getting rid of the vice president's son. And, oh, yeah. You, know, you, got a, you got probably three admirals that are like, you're not going to get rid of him. Fig- help him figure it out. Yeah, and I'm then, sure they were assigned then, uh, to uh, underneath the North Pole for, for the next nine months. Or, you know. But... <laughs> But, you know, what stood out to me was that, you know, Joe Biden could have made sure his son went to a world class, um, you know, rehabilitation uh, clinic. And and he didn't. He put him right to work making $83,000 a month in a country that is rampant with drugs and corruption. And it just perpetuated the whole lifestyle. You know, know what sucks is there's no there's no bad. I'm going to need you to call back. I that was my fault. My apologies. You are on the air. Hi. That's what the last call said. Uh, uh, George Bush Jr. there, he didn't create the story about weapons of mass destruction. I'm going to hold you over to the next, uh, through the commercial break. Just stay put, okay? I didn't get to hear that. Hold on. All right. Well, and we'll apologize to our other caller here. You're listening to the Ken Pittman Show. All thumbs this morning. All right, we're back. Uh, gonna go to this line here. We had a guy waiting. Uh, just got on. I'm sorry to have your uh, call interrupted, but please go ahead. Yeah. Um, in all fairness to uh, uh, to uh, George Bush, uh, the last call we had said that George Bush, when he became president, he created the story about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. The fact of the matter is, is that story goes back to the Clinton era, where the Democratic Party went before the Senate and said that that uh, Iraq had uh, weapons of mass destruction and we got to go in there and do something about it. That might have been something about uh, Wag the Dog because he was uh, also covering up the Monica Lewinsky uh, deal. But No, I think it was, I think it was a, a belief that transitioned the administrations, but, but Bill Clinton did not invade and take down a, a state leader, which no, he did. very I different. Mean, sure, I, we never should have gone in there. We never should have gone well, in there. Well, I, I have a different take on that. I, I think that... You know, this was the war on terrorism, not the war on weapons of mass destruction. You could have tied Saddam Hussein to many different terrorists, even if it wasn't Al-Qaeda or the 9-11 mission. He certainly was right. sponsoring, harboring, training a lot of different terrorists. Yeah, yeah I get it. But was it worth the cost? I mean, was it, was it worth well, the, you know, was it, was it, it could worth- have been if France and Germany didn't betray us and stay home. They could have provided the supplemental security so that the insurgency never took place because it was going smoothly at first. And then, uh, you know, not enough security created a void and opportunity for the bad guys. Yeah. No, yeah, well, you know more about it than I do. But, but you know, you know, like you said, that story had transitions, you know, through the different presidents even. And, and I, but also, I believe that uh, George Bush really wanted to do something. I, I think he felt that his father never finished what he should have done in Iraq, which I think George Bush Sr. did everything he was supposed to do in Iraq, you know. Get that was that was an off. international effort led by the United States, but he wouldn't have had the um, autonomy to go above the UN and and take down Saddam Hussein. He, the, the 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 goal was to push him out of Kuwait and and deter him from ever doing something like that again. And it and it worked, although you know Saddam Hussein was was left in power, as you say. Right, right, and and I, I just think the junior felt like you know more should have come from it maybe i don't really know but but anyways who knows for sure but uh 
but regardless of that, it's uh, and, and you look at the Middle East now, and we're we're still in a mess, and and what's going on today, we're not going to get out of it that fast, I don't think. You know, we're getting deeper into it every day. It seems like you're going to pull back into it more. Now, uh, how long can uh, it be before before ground troops are needed to keep the Houthi rebels away from the shoreline so that they can't? I mean, they say they sank another big tanker. I think yesterday. Um, so, how long can it be before that has to step up? It, it, it's it, and all it's going to take. All it's going to take is 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 for China to to go into Taiwan, and it really would be classified almost as World War Three by then. And they're just waiting. And I think China's just waiting for for something else to take place in in the Middle East right now, just to to take a little bit more pressure off of them and go into Taiwan, knowing that we would be stretched uh, stretched pretty thin. I wouldn't be able to do much. Well, I'm, I'm that. convinced that, that Putin has, you know, helped Iran to, to cause a lot of this stuff from the October 7th attack in Israel because we've, we've really? taken our eye off of Ukraine, haven't we, because of this whole Israeli thing. Yeah. And now the Middle East yeah. is the focus, not, not Ukraine. Yeah, and, you know, um, um, Walensky is, I, I mean, was it, is it Ukraine or weren't they rated as probably one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Well, they were, right? And Joe Biden had the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, fired three weeks after an interagency U.S. panel awarded Victor Shokin uh, uh, and publicly awarded him for his work fighting corruption. And, And now we are to believe that Joe Biden wanted this prosecutor fired because he refused to look into Hunter Biden's corporation, which was corrupt. And Victor Shokin yeah. will testify today that that's exactly the opposite of what happened. And his proof, he says he has documents. Um, they wouldn't give him a visa to come in and talk to Congress, number one. But also, his proof is that, look at the next prosecutor. Never never looked into uh, Burisma holdings. And was he fired? Yeah. Was any call for him to be fired? No, because he wasn't, because nope. he was playing the yeah. game. And Donald Trump knew all of this all along. He knew it all along. And a lot of people did, I believe. And he knew it all along. And Joe Biden clearly made a public statement when he was uh, either on a, some Sunday morning talk show saying that he had this guy fired. He had this guy fired that they were not yeah. going to get any more until this, uh, until this prosecutor was fired. You yeah, know? That, yeah, yeah. so that you had an interagency tell the White House, yes, they are doing a good enough job fighting corruption that they should be granted this billion-dollar loan. And then the guy who was looking into Burisma Energy or Burisma Holdings, I should say, Hunter Biden was on the board of directors there. Um, yep. You know, he's, he's looking into that, that company. Biden says he wasn't. That's why he was fired. It doesn't make any sense. But the press bought it and they, they did whatever they wanted yeah. with it. And just and think, why, what business is it of ours for us to be involved with the firing of a uh, prosecutor in another country. Well, well, think about that. So they just came on, I mean, in in 1991, they just came from under the thumb of basically the Russians, right? The Soviet Union. And now you get the Americans who now kind of taken over, moving into the energy uh, sector. You know, you get Kofor Black from the CIA on on the same board of directors as Hunter Biden. And Putin's watching all this. But the the Ukrainians, you know, the president must have been saying, you know, what did we trade for here? We're still getting told who we can hire, who we can, who we have to fire. I mean, this is the same as the Soviets were doing to us. Right, right, and and it's, and and you know, it just it's, it's. I think we're just starting to scratch it, and and publicly, it's starting to be known that the uh, the depth in which the Bidens are involved. You know, and was it his nephew that uh, admitted that Joe Biden got forty grand yesterday? His brother. His brother. Oh, it's even better. Okay, good. Yeah. So you know. 
you know that we're just starting to scratch the surface of it now. That's what I and say. Then, the, the, the dam has cracked, and a lot more has to, you know, come out. But out. you, yeah. you got to start yeah. at least. Yeah, and it's good timing too. I think. And I, I appreciate. You appreciate know? your call, sir. Thank you. Take care, man. All right. Hi, Carly. You're on the air. Yeah. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good. How about you? Good. Uh, any special topic you're talking about, or can I bring something up? Please? Go ahead. What do you got? Okay. Yeah. I travel on Route 18 heading north. And uh, just before you get to Cogsdale Street, all of a sudden there's starting to be these tents for these homeless guys that's uh, living in there, you know? And uh, a There's a homeless there. camp? Where? Right there on 18 and Cogsdale Street. If you look on the right-hand side, that little patch of woods there, there's always been a tent way in the back. But now I went by there this morning. There's under the, are you talking about under the, the overpass? Well, it's uh, not even under the overpass. It's a little bit north of the overpass. Really? In, yeah. And uh, uh, I see a new one there, and I see a couple people coming out of it, you know. And I would think uh, if that state property or if that property is taken care of by the city, I would think the city would have enough uh, guts to go over there and tell them, hey, move this stuff out. There's a lot of plastic around. They're leaving the place looks like mess. You know, there's papers and everything all around. And that's one of the first areas that somebody visiting the city will see. So that's, that's you know. Yeah, you know, and uh, myself, I know it's not right. I Another incident, I ran down uh, in Fall River, and I had to get on Route 81 exit. And there's got to be at least 12, maybe more tents in there. And what caught my eye was the color of the tents. But Are you talking I about, like, over by the market basket? Uh, just in that same area, yeah, probably yeah. like across the street. Really? And uh, the debris, the plastic, the paper, it really looks disgusting. Maybe when the trees are full blossom with leaves, you're not going to see it, but now it's disgusting. So that's one issue I'd like to talk about. The second one is this new pedestrian overpass going on Route 18. Yep. Sections of it is up now, but... Why isn't that stuff painted? Painted? Painted. Uh, it's raw steel up there. Oh, I don't know. Is it is it uh, steel that that can be affected by weather, or is it? I don't. I, don't, I haven't looked at it yet. I don't know. I pulled in there one time when the pieces were on the trailer, and I looked at it, and I said to myself, "This is regular raw steel. Nothing's been done to it. I mean, next thing you know, there's four sections up. They're already putting a top decking of like." corrugated galvanized steel on that but i mean uh i heard i could be wrong that's a 24 million dollar project you would think that stuff would have been painted well you got when okay. you go north now yep. on 18 you got the overpass for the train mm -hmm. that's all nicely painted and i believe that was all painted when it went up so it looked nice you know i just don't understand you don't think there's and, plans uh, you don't think there's plans to paint this though well, if there is plans, that's that's a poor idea because uh, now you're going to have congestion of traffic. All this stuff could have probably been set up in the parking lot there or where this stuff was fabricated. I'm not sure where it was fabricated, but uh, I mean, think you mean pre-treated pre-treated before installation? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it's done. I'm yeah. that's not my trade by, by any means, but yeah, okay. Uh, uh, maybe we'll have some calls on it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you brought that All up. Right. I wasn't aware of that uh, the homeless camp that you're talking about. 
Yeah, all right. right now there's two, and who knows how many more is going to come. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's sort of like a, a whack-a-mole kind of thing for the for the police, um, you know, as they become aware of them because they pop up in a lot of different areas. Yeah, well, I mean, this is right out in clean, yeah, clean area of sight. You know, they should do be able to do something. I agree. All right, everybody. have a good day and a good weekend. Thanks for the call. All right, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I don't know. Uh, we have a man on the Cape being charged with the rape of seven women. I'll see if I can find up uh, more information about that. Um, and who knows, there may be more victims that will come forward due to this. I don't know. Um, New York, Long Island, looking at um, parts of bodies, mutilated bodies showing up. And uh, they suspect it's MS-13 gang activity. And their numbers have been emboldened with this rush through the border. A lot of drug cartels, gang activity has come through, um, you know, as refugees. <laughs> Carly, you're on the air. Hello there. How's it going? Good. Hi. Uh, just calling about like uh, this guy was talking about the homeless encampment there. Okay. All right. Well, there's a there's also a trailer that's uh, showed up a trailer home that showed up in a in um, New Bedford up in the north end at Rivers End, and um, it's uh, the Rivers End Park there near uh, Napa. Yep. And um, you know, I figured I'd give you a call on that. There's people living in it. It's been here for like over a week. Police have been here twice to kick them out, and nothing's getting done. It seems like they ain't leaving. <laughs> Can they? So, do they have the right to tow it? I mean, I don't. I don't know what they've been told. I, I'm in the I dark here. I don't know. I mean, I just. Uh, it's pretty funny how like they're living in it. So if they stay inside of it, they probably won't tow it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's weird. Yeah, but this, like, you know, this appeared out of nowhere. There's zoning in specific places you cannot reside uh in a yeah. in a mobile home for sure yeah it's it's not even a mobile home either it's a trailer oh. home like no no car attached or truck attached <laughs> to it it's like a 30 footer just dropped in here in the middle of the night and everybody that comes down here is like looking at it and they just like take off out they're, of not, the they're not homeless they're settlers yeah, exactly. <laughs> might be break, might be a little bit of Breaking Bad going on here. Too, you know what I mean? <laughs> Walter so. White moved into town. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that too. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Yep. All right. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five minutes. Let's let's take our last break, and we'll come back. You're listening to Ken Pittman.
Some really interesting dynamics to the story. Uh, Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader for the Republicans, uh, senator from Kentucky, longtime Republican leader in the Senate, uh, is stepping down. He says because he just couldn't stop the populist Trump movement, the MAGA movement. So he says he's moving down. But there's an interesting dynamics to this because at the same time, um, we're looking at a story, the death of Senator Mitch McConnell's billionaire sister-in-law now being investigated as a crime weeks after her body was pulled from her submerged car in Texas. Angela Chow, 50 years old, was found dead in her sinking vehicle in a pond on a ranch in Johnson City near Austin on February 11th. Although the preliminary investigation indicated this was an unfortunate accident, the sheriff's office is still investigating this accident as a criminal matter until they have sufficient evidence to rule out criminal activity. The Bianco County Sheriff's Office wrote in a Thursday letter to State Attorney General uh, Ken Paxton. The agency would say this. This incident was not a typical accident. That is at least interesting and if it's related to the announcement that he's not going to retain the leadership of the Senate, I don't. Um, it's at least worth entertaining the idea until he proves otherwise. But this is also a guy who had um, not like the ice cream kind, you know, the brain freeze. He he literally had a, <laughs> a couple of brain freezes on um, live TV, where his brain just says, uh, "Time out." Time out. And he stared into space for a very uncomfortable amount of time and then began his thoughts again. But it, it, clearly it was some wiring fry, frying up there in the Pons Medulla. I don't know. I don't know what, what happened to him. But, um, you know, he's, he's old. There's a lot of old people in Washington right now. I just read 80% of the country wants a, an age limit on the presidency. I think more times than not, it would be a good idea, but you might be throwing out a good candidate at the same time. And as we start understanding how to combat things like Alzheimer's and dementia, and as we start to live longer due to medical science, you know, that line in the sand is likely to change anyway if they come up with a particular number. Uh, Doc... Biden's doctor said he passed with flying colors. Although there was no cognitive test. There were omissions in the report, according to doctors who looked at it. There were concerning omissions in the White House release of the medical findings. That, too, is interesting to me. Hi, Carla. Welcome to the show. You're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Pretty good. How about you? Not bad, not bad. I really like your show. Thank Ken. you. Thanks. Make a, I just thought I'd tell you about uh, Mitchell Connell and all these uh, congressmen, senators who are 80-plus. Yeah. You know, they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. They get all this investments, and, you know, they're set for life. Why do you have to stay in power? Why can't they just retire and just, hey, tour the world, you know, just enjoy your remaining of your life? It's, in, life. it's intoxicating to have yes. that position. 
and yeah. to, to give it up. It's like, a, it's like you know, look, look what, does Mick Jagger really need to go out and tour? No, he doesn't know <laughs> McCartney, nothing like that. So, but so they love their music, but... I well, know, and I who, who wants to suddenly become irrelevant when you're, when you're you know, one of the most right. important people in the country? Well, that's a way of just being relevant, uh, being there and... Uh, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. It was supposed power. to be you go and you, you serve your country for a, a short amount of time and you go home. That's, that's what the design was, but now it's, it's yeah. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It just, uh, just kind of conf confuses me why they, why they want to stay, stay in power and, uh, and just... Uh, it's like a club, I guess, huh? Just, uh, well, I wonder, like, like club. as far as Joe Biden, because Joe Biden is showing... Okay. He's showing yeah. pretty, pretty fast decline. Um, yeah. You know, when you compare him, because he did pretty, he held him, he held his own during the debates against Trump. I thought he had yeah, a good, so I, I don't think he can do that again. And, and I don't no, even, I don't even think they'll let him debate, to be honest. He's just there's, I go on YouTube and I see all types of things he says, which the media doesn't cover. The media won't cover. And uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, they won't cover all this stuff that, all the, all the gaps that he makes. You know what I didn't like? I, I don't like the way they, the, so the double standard in media, like, and it's a, it's a good and fair point to make. Donald Trump uh, got a deferment so he didn't have to serve during the Vietnam okay. War, right? But Joe okay. Biden, Joe Biden goes around telling us what a great athlete he was, how he yeah. kicked this person's butt and that person, but he's a tough guy, this and that. Right. Oh, but I couldn't go in the war. I had asthma. And plus, uh, going to another topics, when he got that prosecutor of Ukraine fired, and yeah. he bragged about it. They had done videotape, right? And uh, but they're not going to cover that. Well, he did with that. He did that with the confidence that the American media would just follow his narrative that the guy was right. the guy was corrupt and he was not willing to go after corruption. He was just awarded by a, a multi-agency right. American um, different different uh, agencies in, in the United States awarded him for his work on fighting corruption, and then Joe Biden gets him fired. <laughs> it's a real joke. Him being down the border too was a joke. That was a real uh, joke, but that. Uh, and uh, it's it's crazy uh, what's going on these days. I just want to ask you a question. I watched uh, I watched the news here, NBC, CBS. You know, they always people don't realize, it, but they always put a little jab on Trump and saying, "Oh, he wasn't. Uh, there was no crime committed with a Hunter and Joe Biden." They always kind of put like you know, they've always put you know us anyway. Yeah, you know that, but they put on a, a thing. Uh, uh, always defending Democrats all the time. Oh no, definitely. But when they yeah. when they when they say no proof, I, yeah, I no have proof. to agree it wasn't proven yet. But when they say no yeah. evidence, when they say no right. evidence, that irks me That's because there's right. a mountain of evidence. There is a mountain of evidence in the computer. Those uh, what about those files that Hunter had? Uh, they're never going to investigate that or what? That computer laptop. No, that's that's part of it. But what about his yeah, right. what about his business partners? His saying business partners, ab absolutely, okay. his father was part of it. Uh, as well, and uh, the brother uh, of Joe Biden and all that stuff, but they won't investigate that, no. No, they, I think they will. I think this is only going to go in one direction, which tells me, I think that the Democratic powers are not necessarily protecting him like they were and maybe okay. trying to influence him to step aside. Okay, uh, what do you think about this new term, leaving you in this, the newcomers? I, um... The newcomers. They're not legal Im immigrants no more. They're newcomers. I think I'd call them settlers. <laughs> settlers. Hey, quick, last question. We very rarely call your show. Do you think Drake May is going to be picked up by uh, the quarterback in college? Of, uh, I, I think he's definitely going to go in the first round. I, I don't want him here. Um, 
you know, want him, he, he had know? a great he had a great year last year, but this year okay. this, this year he had a weak schedule. He threw, right. he threw for 24 touchdowns and nine interceptions. That's not first round material to me. Who, who's going to be picked? Who, who do you who do you leave? Who do you think is going to be picked? If I if I could have my way, I would slide down in the draft and get additional picks. But I think the Patriots will probably get Drake May or or Jaden Daniels or Marvin Harrison Jr. One of the three. Okay, just wanted to call you up and hope you have a nice day. Same to you. Bye-bye. Good call. Bye bye. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they. I hope they see the value in getting more for that third pick instead of just using it on a quarterback who will end up on his back all day, every every week. And ruin a potential franchise quarterback. You can do that. And Drake May, uh, I watched... <laughs> I got to say this, though. Well, he does have a cannon. I mean, I, I just watched him throw a ball 82 yards and hit the crossbar um, of the opposing, the other side of the field's um, goalpost. And that's what he was trying to do. That was that was kind of, I don't know how many t- takes it took, but that was pretty impressive. Um, that said, Michael Bishop could throw 80 yards on his knees. So it's not just about the arm. My guy, the one I want, Bo Nix, I'd rather get him in the second round. He's got a good arm, not crazy like Drake, but he's got a good arm, makes great decisions. Very few mistakes. Again, 45 touchdowns, three interceptions this year. That's that's a good sign that he has progressed. In the second toughest uh, conference, rated conference, the, uh, the Pac-10, which is now gone in, in the past. It is 11.52. We have time for a few more phone calls. You can give me a buzz, 508-996-0500. One of the stories we t- spoke about earlier was the fact that New Bedford leads the state in the amount of students that are either homeschooled or in charter schools, even higher total than Boston. 298, which means the school um, won't need $6 million for those students if they're not there. And the state will recognize that and send less money down. And no Democratic mayor, no Democratic city council, they're not going to shrink the budget. They're going to find ways to get it back somehow. So that's not good news if you're a property holder or whatever created fees or whatever they're going to come up with. Um, That's not going to come from the state budget. So we'll see. Um, Maura Healy asking for two billion dollars to be reallocated to housing from health care. That's not legal. I mean, she's trying to somehow get it legal, but uh, for the time being, she won't be able to do it, but she's trying to work it out so that that, that happens in Massachusetts. I <laughs> The last thing you want to do, look at Stewart Hospital, right? Look, the, look at the, the level of care or lack thereof um, do you want to take more money away from the ability to keep these places going? I, I, I don't know what she's thinking, but we, we do know that she is filling Boston's better neighborhoods and better hotels with illegal immigrants. And you're footing the bill and you're paying for Sp- Spinelli's catering three meals a day. It, it, you can't even make it up. But in a democracy, 
you get the government you deserve. You put these people in power, you're going to you're going to go with the decisions they make or you're going to have to leave if you don't like it. And a lot of people are doing that. A lot of businesses, a lot of families are, are leaving Massachusetts. They are going to try to if you if you a blink, how about a blink tax every time you blink? It'll cost you a fifth of a penny. Generate money that way because you know the carbon footprint. Some they'll think of something. I'm just, but the congestion fines they're going to give out in Boston if you drive through the city at a particular time when there's too many cars on the street or in a certain area. They're going to electronically fine you, even though you're paying for those roads for access to those roads. You built those roads with your tax money. It's just madness. You are on the air caller. Hi. Hey, Ken. I don't understand how anything she is doing is legal. Even if they say the right to shelter law, since when did that mean the right to everything in the world to sustain yourself? Home cooked meals. Like what is happening that. How about her? How about her asking? She's asking people to house immigrants. But even even no matter who's housing them, if you decide to, you know, sponsor an immigrant from another country and take them here and help them become a citizen and, you know, the way it used to be, that's one thing. But that's not what's happening now. We're now using, they're hijacking all of the tax money and doing this. I do not understand how it's a billion dollars, so they claim, and nobody is questioning. Like, why is that legal? Uh, you got me. I, I know they're trying to steer the money because they because they've created these policies, and now they realize they can't pay for it, and that's what typically liberal but they governments never do. Should have paid for. That's what I'm saying. This was deliberate because they never solved any of the problems at the before people came across the border, and they deliberately do not have people with work visas or whatever it is. No, she's, so she's asking people in Massachusetts to put up illegal immigrants in their own home. And I don't know if you've ever seen the eviction process, but if they don't want to leave, you can't get them out of there, number one, once they're in. And then she doesn't, she doesn't uh, uh, host any of them herself, right, in her governor's mansion. And third, I've never heard her ask people to put up homeless veterans in this country. No, or elderly or, or drug addicted or whatever our own problems were with people getting housing right. and sustaining themselves. That was never, a, nobody cared. Nobody really cared. You just step over them in the street. That's what it is to me. You know, so, but all of it seems illegal to me. I don't know how we're being told that we're paying for this. We're going to lose services. The state will crash and it, it's all okay with everyone. Well, you're understand. only saying that because you're a racist xenophobe. I absolutely am, and I'm becoming more racist and xenophobic every single day. You're kidding. I'm serious. I didn't start out to be, but now oh, I'm boy. saying if you weren't born here... I was tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> okay. No, I'm serious. I, I, I wasn't like this, but I'm, I, I'm totally to the point where I think all immigration should be shut down 100%. I don't agree to that. Until we figure out what is happening. Well, we're already inundated, and we're, we're in over our heads. We can't take on more. Well, I think until they pass laws and make it work correctly, we should just halt. I this think I think continue. I think that we 
we should be inviting people that can make this a better country to come in and, and chase their dream. I think that's always been part of our way, but I don't think we should be right, stormed. Then, but now we can't, where are they going? But that's what I'm saying. The, the issue isn't they come, they sustain themselves, life is good. The issue now is we have to get rid of the people that are basically destroying the country by not being allowed to have jobs to sustain themselves. Well, there's a lot of infighting going on in these liberal neighborhoods in the cities because they're now using their resources and now they're starting to get it. I got to hold you there, though. I appreciate the call. Thank you for for waiting. You're in the air. Hi, caller. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Hey. Hey, I just want to know... um, and I'm 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 a black man and I'm calling so I understand where she's coming from. So this it's frustration and I you know, I don't I don't knock her for her comments. I um, I need you to finish up quick. I'm sorry, I'm just out of time. I'd love to hold you oh, on. But- I'm just saying, what are we gonna do, man, to stop this? Like on a revolutionary scale. And I don't mean violence or no, anything like that, but something gotta give. You're right. You know, it it does. I think you ha- you have to do it at the at the voting and, booth. And I think that, I think our state police and local police need to stand down. Thank I- you. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, we'll be back. Actually, Jose Matos, up next. A Town Square Media Station.